0: Life's Word Ministry along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that what you hear will enrich, enhance, and encourage your life in a very special way. It is our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live, hope, and change. And now here's today's podcast. to another episode of LWM Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Malachi. Last week, I talked about a father that loves. And I talked about some characteristics of a Christian father. Well, you know, tonight, I want to talk about a mother that loves. And I know many of you know how hard a mother loves. To be loved by a mother is a special thing. I'm loved by my mother. My mother loves me. Can you hear in my voice? <laughs> my mother loves me and I love her tremendously. She's an awesome woman. And on that line, I tend to believe that one of life's very important roles in a woman's life is being a mother. A role that the Lord chooses to give to many women. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures tonight, so get your pen and your papers, write them down, and you can read them in your own study time. But the first one is Titus 2, 4, and 5. It says, And so train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. This is what a Christian mother is told to do so that she does not bring reproach on the Lord whose name she bears. We read in the Bible that children are a gift from the Lord. Now, I know many of you don't feel that at times when those kids are acting up, when they're being disobedient. You'd be like, "Mm, not a gift. That's more like a curse. But David wrote in Psalms 127, 3 through 5, David wrote, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. He says, The fruit of the womb, a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And you hear what he's saying. Fill your quiver, fill your home with children. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And in Titus two and four, there's a Greek word called philotechnos that appears in reference to those mothers loving their children. It is a very special kind of mother love. It is a type of word that expresses the caring for your children. It expresses nurturing them, affectionately embracing them, meeting their needs, and tenderly befriending each one as a unique gift from the hand of God. This is why we see mothers spending quality time with their children. If you don't teach your children how to care for themselves, who will? Who's going to teach them if we don't teach them as parents? Who's going to teach your young girls how to clean up after themselves, how to cook and tend to those necessities that one should know how to do when they're grown? I know a lot of young women that don't know how to cook. I know a lot of young women that don't know how to clean after themselves very well. Now, let me say this. Let me make this perfectly clear while I'm on this topic here, especially this particular subject. This not only goes for the young girls in the home, but I strongly believe that the young boys need to learn these qualities as well. Because this is not a rule hammered out in stone that the girls are the only ones learning how to cook and clean the house. Who made that rule? I totally believe that a young man should learn how to cook learn how to wash his clothes and learn how to clean just as much as he learns how to cut the grass and how to change oil in a car household duties whether in the house or outside the house should be something that both girls and boys learn to do equally and be taught in their early childhood we know what Proverbs 22.6 says, but Proverbs 22.6 is not just teaching your children the spiritual importance of life, but also the natural importance of life. If a little boy has to learn how to cut the grass, he should learn how to wash dishes. If a little girl has to learn how to wash clothes, she should learn how to check the air pressures in her tire. Now, I'm all for chivalry. That was something I learned from my dad. He opened the car door for my mom. He opens doors for my mom. He waits for her to go in first. I do the exact same thing. It was something that I learned by watching what my father did. And he still does. Holds her hand while they walk through the store. They're on 63 years of being married. And they still hold hands. I really believe a little boy needs to learn all there is to learn about treating a young girl with respect and honor. And a little girl needs to learn that she should not have to depend on a man for what she needs. I taught my daughters to first get your own so you don't have to be in a position of always depending on a man for help or to rescue you. But not in a way that they don't need a man. I don't care what the liberals say in this. We need one another. It's okay to be independent. I used to say I love an independent woman that needs me. She's independent, but yet in some aspects of life, she will need me, but not in a way that my ego is going to get beside me. No, because I truly believe that we work together in life. Now, last week, I talked about five characteristics of a Christian father. Tonight, I want to give you seven Characteristics that are commanded of Christian mothers in God's word. Now, it's not to say that because there's seven that there's more required of the mother, but when you think about it, mothers are given certain commands in the word of God, just as fathers are given certain commands in the word of God. But I wanted to bring out seven. Number one is availability. Number two, involvement. Number three, teaching. Number four, training. Number five, discipline. Number six, nurture. And number seven, modeling with integrity. Let's talk about this for a little while. It's important for mothers to be in a position to nurture their children. I believe that. Just like with the father. Now, if you want to know what I talked about, a father that loves, you'll have to go back and listen to last week's podcast. But this is a mother that loves, so I want to keep on this topic and not go back to what I talked about for the fathers. But number one. Availability. Mothers are available in the morning. Mothers are available in the noonday. Mothers are available at night it seems as though when children are sick who do they go to they go to mama whether it's the morning noon or afternoon it doesn't matter nighttime they always seek out mama deuteronomy 6 6 and 7 says and these words that i command you today shall be on your heart you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Availability. There's a lot of things we teach our children. Are we teaching our children how to be available to the ones we love, how to be available to people that need us? I look at my daughter here. My wife took off work because she injured her shoulder Playing volleyball in a four-day volleyball tournament and I understand I see children they tend to be more needy when they're hurting they want that attention they want that love from their mother and she's just has the long face and mommy 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 but children do that they know how to get attention they know how to get that availability from their parent they know what to do they know how to work on those heartstrings. Mothers, you got to be available to your children. Are you available? Number two, involvement. How much are you involved in their life? Interacting, discussing, thinking, and processing life together. How much time do you, mothers, spend with your daughters, interacting with them on? The things of God. Yes, you can talk about the natural. You can talk about what's going on in school. You can talk about that little boy that likes her or that little boy she likes. But what are you discussing in ways of spirituality, teaching them and processing life together? Ephesians 6 and 4 where it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instructions of the Lord. This goes for mothers as well. You're sitting down with them and you're interacting with them, teaching them the qualities of life from a woman's perspective. There was a question Can a mother teach a son how to be a man? Not effectively. That's just being honest. Not effectively. You need a man in order to teach that young boy how to be a man. Just like a young woman. I can't teach those girls how to be a woman. Not effectively. There's only so much I know as a man. That's where a woman comes in. That involvement, that interaction with women, talking together, relating together. That's where the mother comes in and plays a very important role in that young girl's life because what she learns from her mother, she passes on to her children. And what she doesn't learn from her mother is also passed on. Number three, teaching. Teaching the scriptures and a biblical world view is one of the most important things in a home that parents can do with their children. Psalms 78, five and six says he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to our children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children, teaching our children scriptures and biblical worldviews. The world is, they say, going to hell in a handbasket as it is. So you need to have that balance of life for them to go out into the world with spiritual and biblical views, how to look at the world in a biblical sense. It's confusing enough that the world is being torn apart because of sin. And that's all it is. It's because of sin that's in the world that it's being torn apart. But we have the grace of God. We lean on the grace of God. We lean on the word of God to show us his word, his revelation in the word of what can be, what should be, what will be. It's all in the word of God. If you don't read the word, you cannot teach your children how to handle certain things in the world from a biblical perspective. And we need to have biblical perspectives in our lives. Deuteronomy 4 and 10. How on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, gather the people to me that I may let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth and that they may teach their children so. We teach the children the fear of the Lord to reverence God. This is why we have so many problems in the home today, because there's no spiritual foundation in the home. There's no real spiritual foundation in the home. You have to have spiritual foundation in the home in order for the children to stand up for what is right. Number four, training. Helping a child to develop skills and discover his or her strength is very important as well. You're teaching them, training them how to develop skills and discover their strength in life. Proverbs, as I said, 22, six, train up a child in a way they should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And. To develop their spiritual gifts is another aspect of life that we do, mothers and fathers. It's kind of hard to just hit the mothers and not bring the fathers in. But Romans twelve three through 8 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. We are one, but there are many members. We all have different parts to play, just like in the home. Mother has a part to play. Father has a part to play. The children have a part to play. We all do it in accordance to having a wholesome household. And another good chapter to read is 1 Corinthians 12. Read that whole chapter. That's an awesome, awesome chapter. Number five, discipline. Teaching the fear of the Lord. Drawing the line consistently, lovingly, firmly, is how we discipline in the home. You have to be consistent in your home. If you're inconsistent with your discipline, if you're inconsistent with the rules you make up in your home, your life, your children's lives will be inconsistent. They don't take you seriously. It's hard enough to see children not taking their parents serious as it is. My daughter asked me this weekend, do you feel old when... Children call you Mr. Mitchell? I said, no, I don't feel old because that's who I am. I don't understand today children are being allowed to call grown folk by their first name. And a lot of grown folks, say, oh, I don't care. If it's my name. It's, it's a matter of respect and it's a matter of honor. No, don't call me by my first name. I'm Mr. Mitchell. Now, if it's another grown person, yeah, we're going to call each other by their first name because it's a respect thing. Come on. Children should not be able to call you by your first name. Teach your children consistency. If they're not learning it in the home, where are they going to learn it? They're learning it from Instagram. They're learning it from YouTube. They're learning it from other children in the school. Kids, I hear them curse like it's no big deal. It is a big deal. And then when they get from the home, they down and dog their parents in front of the kids. I told my daughter, I never disrespected my parents in front of my friends. And I never allowed them to disrespect my parents in front of me. That was not going to happen. Today, children are disrespecting parents in front of their friends and they think it's funny. They think it's cool. And then they hear their friends disrespect their parents in front of them. No, that's not going to happen. You're not going to disrespect my parent. I might not get along with my parent or I might not like my parent at certain times, but you're not going to disrespect my parent. That's my parent. That's the way it should be in children's lives. Don't allow people to disrespect your parents. Parents, teach your children. Respect and honor in a loving way. Oh, Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastens every son whom he receives. be subject to the fathers of spirits and live for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best for us. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness for the moment. All discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You see what he's saying here? Discipline. It's a training tool. It's painful, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. If you don't discipline your children, you better believe the police will. If you don't correct them now, they'll be corrected by the system later. You can't cry later because you had your chance now. It's better to cry with them now than cry with them later when they're locked up. Proverbs thirteen twenty four. whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. If you love your children, you'll discipline them. You're not going to like it? No, they're definitely not going to like it. But in the end, they will come to respect you more. There was a story about a young man that went to prison and when his mother came to visit him, he told her he wanted to whisper something in her ear. When she got close to the bar, he bit off her ear and she screamed and hollered. Why did you do that? He said, if you would have disciplined me when I was a child, if you would have whooped me when I was a child, if you would have corrected me when I was a child, I would not be in this position now. Is that all of the mother's fault? Is she the one to put full blame on? Some of his actions are because of his self. I say, you put yourself in that position. It could have been a case in point to where she disciplined him and didn't want to hear it. It might have been a case in point to where she corrected him and he thought he was smarter than her. Who knows? we just hear that side of the story but there's always a backside of us every story proverbs 19 and 18 says discipline your son for there is hope do not set your heart on putting him to death don't put him to death uh because there is hope there's hope you ain't gotta kill him (laughs) but you can discipline him the bible says beat him you won't kill him but you can put his heart to death by not disciplining him by not loving that child there's hope in those children it may not seem like it now but trust me there's hope in those children proverbs twenty-two fifteen: folly is bound up in the heart of a child but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. you <laughs> Our parents would tell me you act up in the store. We're going to act up with you right then and there. She didn't wait till we got home. We fell out. She fell out right with us. Nowadays, parents are scared to discipline their children. They're scared to say anything. The kids are cussing the parents out. The kids are the ones screaming and hollering at the parents. I'm like, oh, wait, hold up. What's wrong with this picture? If there's folly that's bound up in a child's heart, you better get the rod of discipline and drive it far from them. Proverbs 23:13 and through 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child; if you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from hell. Did you hear what he wrote? strike him with the rod he will not die if you strike him with the rod you will save his soul from hell you don't have to abuse those children in order to discipline them time out don't work in our family i'm sorry but today because children have all these electrical technology devices take it from them shut them down put them on blackout take the computers unplug them take the phones put them up put them up for a week or two and see how How they are. It's almost like they go through withdrawals. Our oldest daughter here, Shira, goes through withdrawals whenever she doesn't have her phone or if her phone's not working. It's like she just changes. Her whole characteristic changes. It's like, wow, who are you? Because she's so wrapped up in that phone. Take something from them they like and enjoy and be consistent with it. Don't just take it for a day and go, okay, here you go. No. Make him feel the pain and separation of that device. Proverbs 29, 15 through 17 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will look upon their downfall. Discipline your son, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. You see what these scriptures are saying? This is from Proverbs, the wisest man on the planet. Solomon wrote these in regards to dealing with his children, with his son, even his daughters. This is all inclusive to sons and daughters, not just the son. Daughters can get wayward. Yes, they can. They get beside themselves too. Number six, nurture. Providing an environment of constant verbal support, freedom to fail, acceptance, affection, and unconditional love. That's nurturing your children. Titus 2 4, as I said, and train the younger women to love their husbands and children nurturing them in an environment of constant verbal support are you verbally supporting those children do you tell them even though they mess up that's all right that's all right you clap it out that's good that's good that's all right we'll do better the next time encourage them fail their way to success help them when they're down. Build them up, lift them up. It's easy to build up your co-workers, it's easy to build up your partners, it's easy to build up your associates. What about your children? Do the same thing in the home. That's all right. That's good. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll get it the next time. Oh, you got to see, but you know what? We'll get it the next time. I know you can do it. I know you can. There's a there's an A in there. I know it is. You encourage them to do better. That's providing an environment of consistent verbal Support, allowing the freedom to fail. It's okay. Don't be so dogmatic because they fail. Help them. Encourage them. The acceptance and affection that they need should be unconditional. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God gave us a spirit not to fear, but of power and in love and self-control. God gave us a spirit not to fear. You don't need to fear your children. They don't need to fear you. He gave us the power of love and self-control. You have self-control when you're disciplining your children. You know when you're going too far. You should teach your children when to know that you're going too far. I'm going to give you just enough rope. But you know what? When you get to end of that rope, there's discipline coming. But as they go along, you're disciplining and you're correcting them. Don't wait until they get to the end of that rope. It's too late then. Now it's harsh. Nobody wants to be that harsh. Loving them, nurturing them. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Oh, let me say that again. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. God forgives us. We too should forgive one another. If you've been wronged, forgive them. I know it's hard to forgive somebody that's wronged you. I forgive you. What? what you mean you forgive me? I forgive you. you. You did me wrong, but you know what? I forgive you. People don't understand that kind of love. People don't understand how to receive that type of attitude from a person that's positive because there's so much negative. But you can turn a situation around every time by showing love, giving grace to those who hear. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. When God tells you to tell your children something, tell them. The spirit of the Lord told me they might look at you like you a nut, but that's all right. You tell them the spirit of the Lord just told me such and such. My mom would put that on us. Man, we'd be like, oh, my God. God would show her visions and dreams about us. We couldn't do anything wrong. We couldn't get away with it because the spirit of God was constantly dealing with my mother because she was always in prayer. That's the key. Don't expect God to speak to you if you don't talk to him. You don't spend time with him in prayer. Don't think you're going to get some holy, heavenly wisdom because you're not. That comes by prayer and fasting and seeking God and laying before him. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. I told you I got a lot of scriptures for you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We imitate God. Are you imitating God in the home? Because your children are going to imitate you, mothers. They're going to do what you do. How you act, they're going to act. People you hang out with, they're going to have a tendency to hang out with those same type of people. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humble, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. I see parents going back and forth with their children. Oh, no, that's never allowed. You're not going to go back and forth with me. There's no tit for tat here. Insult with insult, evil with evil. No, 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 no. That's not allowed. You're not going to disrespect the parent in the home, (laughs) not as far as I'm concerned, but the parents are allowing that. They say, oh, just let them talk. It's okay. No, yeah, it's okay for them to talk, but there has to be a level of respect in there as well. You're not going to talk to me like we go to class together. No, I'm your parent, and we're going to conduct this conversation as such. I'm the overruling body in this committee. How are you teaching your children, mothers? That is a big responsibility on your shoulders. Yes, it is. You were called so that you may be able to inherit a blessing. It says, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Why? Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You want to inherit a blessing? That's how you inherit a blessing. Number seven, this is the last one. Modeling with integrity. Living what you say, that's important. Being a model from which a child can learn by, quote unquote, catching the essence of godly living. Can they catch the essence of godly living in your life right now? Is that what they see in front of them? Is that what they see in the home? Is that the kind of lifestyle that they can model themselves after? Or is it the lifestyle that's contrary to the word of God? What kind of lifestyle are you allowing your children to catch? Deuteronomy 4.9 Only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. What you leave your children should be passed on to their children, positive or negative, good or bad. It's going to be passed on. So you might as well instill within them a heart of gold, as they say. Put it in there, a heart of God. Allow them to see your life the way God has purposed your life to be. Deuteronomy. 415. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Watch yourselves carefully. What are your children seeing? Be careful what you say in front of them. Be careful how you act in front of them because they're going to mimic everything about you. Deuteronomy 423. Take care. Lest you forget the covenant of the Lord, your God, which he made with you and make a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord, your God has forbidden you make a covenant with the Lord live in his ways, walk in his ways. Just like the children of Israel, when Moses went up on the mountain to speak with God, he was gone for so long. They they forgot about what God had did for them and they start to mold golden images and other gods, and things like that. You see how quick they forgot. Don't forget the covenant of the Lord that you made with him. When you received him into your life, Proverbs 10, nine, whoever walks in integrity, walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. You only live so long live, Right. And I always say, those that are doing wrong, don't worry about it. They can get away for so long, but they can't get away forever. So live right. Live according to the word of God. Live what the word of God is telling you. Live a life pleasing to the Lord. Proverbs 11.3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. If your ways are crooked, it's going to destroy you. If your ways are upright and godly with integrity, they will guide you. This is the word of God telling us this. You see how important it is for us to read the word of God, learn what the word of God says, because it teaches you everything you need to know right there in the scriptures. Psalms thirty-seven nineteen: The Lord knows the days of the blameless and their inheritance will remain forever. If you stand blameless... There's an inheritance for you that will remain forever. Sure, we do wrong. We make mistakes. We're not blameless all the time. We take the blame. It's our fault. But we have an advocate. We have God. We have Jesus to help us. Last one, Psalms 37:37. Mark the blameless and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. There's a future for those that are peaceful. There's a future, y'all. You will not find in the Bible where it states that every woman should be a mother. However, the Bible does say that those whom the Lord blesses to be mothers should take the responsibility seriously. Mothers, just like that of the fathers have a unique and crucial role in the lives of their children. Motherhood should not be a chore or some kind of unpleasant task that one does. Mothers, Your role is in an ongoing labor of love in the lives of your children. Just as a mother bears a child during pregnancy and just as a mother feeds and cares for a young child during infancy, whether they are adolescent, teenagers, young adults, or even adults with children of their own, the role of motherhood is to cultivate, develop, love, care, nurture, and to encourage And it should never cease. Never. That's a serious role, ladies. Mothers. I take my hat off to each and every one of you. Because you've done a job well done. And if you have it, it's not too late to change. Have you lost your mother's role in the home? Do you feel that... Nothing you do seems to work in training and teaching your children in the ways that God desires for them to be taught. Well, you know what? We can change all of that right now just by simply rededicating your life to Christ. There is no better way to take back control over what you feel has been lost. And that's allowing God to take full control of not only your life, but the lives of your family. Give them over to the Lord. My mom used to say, just turn them over to God and leave them there. Sometimes we turn them over to God and we want to help God out. We want to put hands on. No, take your hands off and let God do what he do. He don't need your help. Well, tonight, just by saying yes to Jesus, you can start to recapture your home and cultivate it into a home that God can use and bless. Ladies, mothers, would you say yes to Jesus tonight? You may already know the Lord and you just need strength. Would you like to renew your walk with him? If you're ready to allow God back into your life and back into your home, if you just want more strength, well, pray with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you admitting that I am a sinner in need of rescuing. Right now, I choose to turn away from my sin. Lord, I have lost my edge and I need strength. I have allowed my home to turn away from you and I ask you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I desire to be set free right now and I ask you to forgive me. I believe that your son Christ Jesus died on the cross to take away my sins. I also believe that he rose again from the dead so that I might be forgiven of my sins and made righteous through faith. In him. I call upon the name of Christ Jesus. I confess him to be my Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I choose to follow you and I ask you to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that you have forgiven me. I am free from sin and full of the righteousness of God. I reclaim my home. I reclaim my family. I know that you have heard my plea of forgiveness and I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I declare that right now I am a child of God and I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer to receive Christ Jesus as your Savior, I welcome you to the family of God. From this moment on, start learning how to live a life of faith by finding a good Holy Spirit-filled Bible-taught church so that you can grow in your faith as you walk the pathway of Christ. And if you've prayed this prayer to just strengthen your walk in Christ, we welcome you back. We know that God has heard your prayer. And from this moment on, continue to live and rebuild your home. Write to me, share your story of faith, and let me know that you said yes to Jesus. And let me know that you were reclaimed tonight. Email me at lifeswordministry@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I would also like to take this time to say thank you to those that partner with us by sowing a financial seed into this ministry regularly your generous giving allows us to share the gospel throughout the world if you're not a partner and would like to sow into this ministry you can do so by going to paypal.me forward slash life's word ministry and don't forget you can pick up a copy of my brand new book pathway to christ on amazon.com and be sure to subscribe and follow us right on LWM podcast each week Monday at seven thirty p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, God loves you, and I do too. This concludes our podcast for today. Through one podcast at a time, we are helping you to rise up and overcome many of the world's perplexing problems. Remember to love God, love yourself. And love others. Thank you for subscribing and sharing our podcast with others. Until next time, I'm Pastor Malik.